Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. And especially, like, once again, we talked about when you look at your parents' age and, like, what they did by the age I am. Oh, my, it's, that's my anxiety every Yeah, day. so, I like, my dad came Why to the U.S. I'm 25. Why haven't I built an entire life already? Yeah, so, so my dad came to the U.S. and, like, took all these jobs and, like, has been constantly working and, like, you know, raise the family and all that, and all that jazz. And it makes sense to me that he's like, why don't you just, he doesn't say this, but like he, I'm sure like he thinks of it. I'm sure like he's concerned, like he'd rather I probably just have like, oh, like a, a r- job. regular job. And like <laughs> yeah. Security and yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New York, I know you have. Yeah, yeah. Every morning that I wake Hey humans, welcome back to La Mescla. My name's Adrian Burke. I created this show. Uh, I'm re-recording this intro at the last second because I attempted to record it last week after getting wisdom tooth surgery. Uh, So I was very high on painkillers and you would not believe how insane I sounded on that recording. (laughs) So I'm getting this one done uh, right at the last second and I hope you enjoy. My guest today is Lucian Flores. Uh, Lucian is a Ecuadorian and Italian-American filmmaker. Uh, He is half of the uh, very successful production company, Loose Seal Productions. You should go check them out at loosesealproductions.com. Hire them for all of your comedy and branded content needs. Uh, Lucian is a super, super talented uh, comedy director that I met uh, at undergrad at Boston University in film school. Uh, And while he and his partner Michaela Smith were busy making really good projects, I would PA on their films sometimes. Uh, And I always super admired Lucian's talent uh, and his drive. uh, So I was really, really excited to talk to him about growing up in New York with an Ecuadorian dad and an Italian-American mom. It's a really, really good conversation, uh, including getting in-depth into uh, 1970s Chilean protest bands. So I hope you enjoy.
Lucia, you like you have a very like a very like quiet funniness about you that I've always found super amusing. I don't know. I don't know what I expect you to do with that information, but like <laughs> I, <laughs> I'll write it in my notebook later. <laughs> uh, so cool. So welcome to La Mescla. Thank you so much for coming, uh, Lucian. By the way, everybody listening to this, Lucian straight up has hounded me to be on this show for wow. for a while now. <laughs> It's a very cool way to introduce me. This next guest is so desperate to oh, well, be on. I'm gonna do a pre-taped intro that'll make you like sound really mm. cool after this. <laughs> yeah, cool. I mean, it's not like yeah. I, is that true? That probably is true. I, I've just I just want to talk about that list of Latino hockey players eventually, and we oh, won't we'll start get, with it. Yeah, we'll get there. But we'll get there. Essentially, I'll, I'll I'll give some context to your listeners. Okay, please. Sub listeners. Um, so Adrian has told me about this podcast from the beginning. And I told him I wanted to come on and talk to him about all of the Latino hockey players who have ever played in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's I've just been hounding him since to, to, to basically just tell America and, and listeners worldwide that if you are Latino and you're good at hockey, you can make your dreams come true. This is Lucian and I are, are currently we're we're shopping around a, a pilot about, <laughs> about a hopeful Latino hockey player. He's gonna be like the um, you know the real breakthrough. Yeah, we want Ecuadorian. We were really gunning for Leguizamo to be his coach. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> That'd be pretty dope. Uh, so, oh, great. So let's like actually do this show now. Yeah. All right. So, I'm down with that. So Lucian, Lucy boy. Uh, Lucy Goosey. Call me. Uh, what, so where where are your parents from? Like, what's your what's your mix? Okay, I'll start with the more local one first, I guess. Yeah. My mom is from Brooklyn. Okay. Um, what neighborhood? So she also, you know, real far, <laughs> state state of New York. Uh, her parents are a mixture of like one born in Italy, okay, and the other parent was born in America, but like her family came from Italy, so like Got it. super like. Came to the U.S., uh, had a baby. So both super Italian, like, family. Just kind of like what you expect to be the New York immigrant so Italian like, yeah, experience. Like Brooklyn Italian. Yeah, Brooklyn Italian. Damn. Mm-hmm. And my dad is from Ecuador. And he's from Quito, Ecuador. Cool. And he came over at 17. Damn. In the 1970s. Kind of just, like, by himself. Like, he went to live with his great aunt, but he, like, left his sister and his parents in Ecuador. And he has like, one sister? Yeah, and another brother who was not born at the time. Got it. Younger. So what, the plan was just to come and live here with the... With yeah, the, yeah. Wow. See what happens, kind of... Uh, Damn, good for him. Yeah. So since then, like, his parents eventually moved, his sister eventually moved. And, oh, like, that's awesome. But, uh, yeah, he, he he came super young to the USA, which is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, like, I mean, that's... My mom came here when she was 20, yeah. 21. It's always insane to me to think of mm-hmm. what my life is like mm-hmm. and what her life was like. Yeah, like... <sighs> I think about that, and at, at this age, both my parents had been had been married once and had been divorced, and had uh, yeah, and my dad had come from the USA and I mean from Ecuador to move here, and I think they may have. I don't think they had a kid at this point, but it's just like, whoa, okay. Pretty, I, I think that's like a pretty common thing, at least that I found with this show with kids who have. Have kids like we're yeah. children with kids of uh, immigrant parents. Mm-hmm. Like you hit a certain point in your life, like when you're in your twenties, where you're like, oh, when my like when my mom was this age, she led a whole life. Yeah, and I like try to make funny videos mm-hmm. and get likes on Facebook and shit. Yeah, it is. It's it is interesting. I mean, like my my mom's mom 
like worked in a factory starting in like third grade. <laughs> so wow. like that sort of stuff you don't necessarily like I'm not working in Where? In Brooklyn? Um yeah, I guess so. Damn. I guess uh, the Brooklyn. Do you know what kind of factory? I do not. Uh-huh. I couldn't find that out. But uh, you didn't come prepared. I did not. I did literally text you earlier today. Don't prepare. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I do not know what sort of factory. But just like that sort of lifestyle is definitely not something I'm used to. Got it. And so, like, how do you know? Is there like any story? How did your parents meet? I actually don't have the best knowledge of that. I know a mutual friend introduced them. Got it. They were like, I don't even know who that mutual friend is like I don't think they've like not so it's stayed mysterious. in touch it's but, mysterious uh you know they got together they met in the 70s like going to bars I guess hanging out um uh which is interesting you know cause like at first my my mom's parents weren't like super thrilled with the fact that she was like dating this like Ecuadorian oh really dude. was that a thing yeah I mean at the beginning but then like they got over it obviously interesting um was it was it just general racism, or was it more of like a you're supposed to marry an Italian guy? Probably a little bit of both. Okay. I mean, I, I definitely know like they got over it like yeah. pretty fast, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd imagine that like especially because like Brooklyn Italians like that little part of Brooklyn is probably like super fucking Italian. Yeah. And that they're just not used to like other people yeah. like around. So um, yeah, they got used to. Wow, they got used awesome. to him. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what do your parents do? Uh, so my mom, so the Italian-American one, she, her whole life was a school teacher, and then she eventually became, like, a vice principal, uh-huh. and she retired, so she sometimes consults for schools and, like, tells them what to do, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what a consultant does. Yeah, her, her school was PS84, although on 92nd Shout Street. PS84. PS84. We might recognize it. Go Lions. I'm guessing that they're Lions. Um... I don't even know if schools here have that sort of thing in, in, in elementary school, but uh, <laughs> that school's claim to fame is that it's it featured in the opening montage of Ben Stiller's uh, Keeping the Faith, the movie. Wow. So, yeah. That's a pretty good claim to fame. It is pretty great. Um, that's where the main character went. Anyway, to answer your question, my dad has had like every job in the world, but for the last 30 years, he's been a superintendent wow. of a building. Nice. So that's like how my family was able to live on the Upper West Side because when you're a superintendent, wow, you're given an apartment. Yeah, you're a Manhattan kid whose dad is a super. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, like, the wildest thing to me is that, you know, like, I was able to grow up there just because he had this, like, job. Yeah. <laughs> that okay. I am listening to you, but I did just try to Google what the mascot is for PS84, which oh, is, man. is it the Lillian Weber School It of is the, the Lillian Weber School. So I can't find what their mascot is, but there is a lion in their logo. What? So I, I'm, I'm a genius. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm shocked. This is, I did not know this we had is great thing. audio content. <laughs> yeah. Where were you? Okay, great. So your parents mm-hmm. meet. Uh, so you were, were you born in Brooklyn or in Manhattan? Manhattan. Oh, my brother cool. spent a year in Brooklyn. His Got first it. year. And you, so you've lived in Manhattan your entire life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Where at? So Upper West Side. Just nice. Love the Upper West Side. It's me and all the Zabars bros. Yeah, I was about to say, you got all your cold cuts of Zabars. I got my parks, so, you know, I'm always... <laughs> all, all, the, all the cool playgrounds with, like, sandboxes and swings. Hell you know. yeah. Love, love <laughs> taking my family there, all four of my children. All four of my children. We brunch. <laughs> Uh-huh. We watched uh-huh. the horses pass by and the carriages. So what, did you go to public school? Where'd you go to school? I went to public school 
up until fourth grade, I went to PS87. All right. Yeah. So that school does, not, <laughs> school does not have a claim to fame, to my knowledge. Um, Wouldn't that be great if every public school in, in Manhattan had been featured in some way in a Ben Stiller movie? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. No, no Ben Stiller movies. Uh, but, yeah, you know, just public school in New York City. It was cool. And then, so what, uh, was, uh, what was going to public school in Manhattan? I'm assuming it was a pretty diverse school, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know obviously, right? There's like uh, New York has like a problem with like schools not really yeah. being super su- segregated. Yeah, well, schools being super segregated, not really, you know, being the best mix of like people. Generally, super white schools are sure. schools that are not. What was your school like? I. Felt like it was a good representation. I really like you know when you're that age, you know. I, I did not really think like, oh look, we have such a multicultural yeah, classroom. Yeah, yeah. But when I think back of like people who were there, I, or like, I feel like it was pretty multicultural. Yeah. How about your like your circle, like wh- whoever your friends were in those years? Mm-hmm. I guess going up to fourth grade, can you remember who you were hanging out with? Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember who I was hanging out with. I, for some reason, I've just, like, not kept in touch with any of my middle school friends. Me, I don't know if that's neither. their elementary school friends. <laughs> me neither. Um, I feel like they're... What was my circle? Okay, yeah, I think they were just, like, all the way dudes. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever Did you ever think at all about, like, oh, I'm Ecuadorian or I'm Italian? Or was it just like, oh, I'm just here and I'm from New York? Yeah, I'm trying to... I mean... It never felt like something that was, I mean, I, I felt like I always thought about it because, like, it was always around me. Yeah. Especially, like, uh, my mom's family is, like, huge. Just just being in New York and both my parents' families yeah. are here. So I was constantly seeing them and constantly, like, every holiday or, you know, just even not holidays, you'd be with them. So, like, it, it's, like, a lot of my dad's family has come to the U.S. too. So, like, it, it was definitely, like, a thing I was used to. Mm-hmm. And I never felt like... But, it, you know, like you're used to it. You don't think of it as anything right. that's like, yeah. oh, this is a special thing. I was the same way. I was yeah. like, oh, this is how everybody grows up, right? Mm-hmm. Was it, so in your actual household, was there, like, were your parents trying to equally represent the cultures? Or was it just sort of like, ah, we're living our life? I think living our life. My mom is very interested in, like, keeping that culture alive and mm-hmm. being like, Lucian, you got to know how to, like, make these foods or, like, listen, we have, like, seven... Name fi- them. Give me names. It's like, you got... We have seven fishes at uh, Christmas uh-huh. and you better, like, always have seven fishes at Christmas and, All like, right. you know, your brother is too much of a, of a wimp to, uh, to make octopus, so you got to, like, learn how to make <laughs> octopus and sauce. You know how to make octopus? I will do it when someone's around me is like, here's what you do. I do not know it by heart. Um, but it's like, I'm definitely... I can't do that at all. Peruvians yeah. eat a lot of octopus. Yeah. I can't cook that shit at all. Um, so she's definitely like, okay, you got to like do this stuff. But she's also, you know, I think Italian-Americans have that interesting thing where they're from. They, they feel like super close to Italy, but like the Italian-American culture is so different from like what yeah. Italian culture is. And it's become its own thing with like a unique vocabulary and vernacular that is separate from how Italians actually speak. So, like, she's going to Italy for the first time ever, like, this year. Oh, my God. So I'm interested to hear, like, what that will be like for her. Yeah, that's Um, awesome. And then my dad is very much, like, doesn't really push things on people. So, like, he'll... Like, my my grandma's still alive, and she, like, made me tamales recently. Like, she sent me tamales. So, like, she's really good at making empanadas or... 
So I feel, and like my dad will just like eat tons of Latin American food. Mm-hmm. He's not really like a big, he doesn't really love Ecuadorian food. Interesting. Yeah, except for like his mom's. Um, <laughs> so I feel like a lot of, and I, I was listening to this podcast, so I feel like people have said similar things where a lot of their connection to the culture is through food. Yeah. And I feel like that's definitely true yeah. on his side. Like he, he, he doesn't necessarily even though Even though he doesn't like Ecuadorian food? Yeah, I guess. But <laughs> that's true. That's true. I feel like he might be a little bit. Uh, he says that, but he also says he doesn't like a lot of things that he likes. He's uh, that's fair. Yeah. Sometimes my family could be like. Yeah. That too. He's like, I don't like soccer. Then like he'll be watching soccer yeah. all day long. I mean, like, food is the thing that I think I consistently most like felt a connection through because just because like other kids would come home they'd eat a peanut butter jelly sandwich i would come home and mm-hmm. i'd have like chicken with chimichurri on it yeah uh and i never thought that was weird or anything until i got a little bit older and then i'd hear people like make references to like oh you always uh, do you ever you had teddy grams right and i was like no i had like a thermos full of arroz con pollo <laughs> yeah he's he's always been the weirdest eater too like he'll eat like what i would consider like just he eats, like, any... He loves, like, Dominican food, and he loves, mm-hmm. like, um, Peruvian food. Hell so yeah. he loves Peruvian food. Best food in the world. Food. Best food in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he <laughs> loves it. He loves it. But he also, like, has these weird combinations of things that he makes. Like, he'll put, like, any two foods together. He'll just put it together. Like, he'll put, like, any two random disparate foods and, like, call it, like, a meal. Mm-hmm. And I'll just look on and discuss. But, so... I think white people at brunch places call this a smash. <laughs> Probably. You ever have like you ever see avocado smash? I was like, what the fuck no. is this? They're like, literally, you just take avocado and something else and you put it on a plate and you call no. it a smash. I don't go to brunch. I'm <laughs> not a big bruncher. Nor do I really. Uh, it is wild how avocado is like such an expensive brunch item. Yeah, like it, it's insane to me. Yes, yeah. it's, it's absolutely not. Another but funny thing is like, did you eat quinoa growing up at all? Um, I don't think. I don't does it, like I did, yeah, sure, but yeah, it's, yeah. it does not like seem like doesn't register. I'm not like yeah. The, the only reason I bring it up is because I like I grew up eating quinoa. Like mm-hmm. it was just like a thing we ate, and then all of a sudden, when probably when we were still in undergrad, like the, everybody was like quinoa is the new thing. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's into it. And I was like, why did we not know about this yeah. before? People take your nuts over. It's, yeah. Uh, so let me. So my dad will like. He, yes, enough about quinoa. Back, back to the actual show. So, he'll do, he'll do, he'll, he'll make good combinations, but every once in, like, I grew up eating, a lot of times for breakfast, like, Eggo waffles with uh-huh. cream cheese and syrup on it, right. and then I found out that no one Wait, does hold that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Eggo waffles with cream cheese and syrup? Yeah, that's apparently weird. Cream cheese and syrup? That's such a weird flavor profile. Yeah, and this, that is... That was news. I learned that in college that that wasn't like, <laughs> oh, people don't do this. Yeah. So that's like my brother. I remember having this conversation with my brother and who's older. And we were like, hey, did you realize that no one else does this? And even my mom didn't realize this. And it's just some like it's a, it's a standard thing. My dad will have this like almost every day. That's so funny. Um, and it's it's amazing. It's a hit. It's definitely like how I eat waffles and yeah. I recommend it. But he also has like big misses because he takes big swings. Like he'll, if he if he finds like a thing of string cheese, oh no, he will like put it with anything. I remember, I've seen him put string cheese on a frozen chocolate ice cream bar. What? And um, chocolate with cheese? I don't think I've ever had. Oh, I'm trying to think. 
It's a mess. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> what did he, he... He just... Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. That's that, really interesting. I wonder if for him, it's like... Maybe it's not a thing he consciously thinks about very much, but, like, I think about this with my mom sometimes. Like, since they've immigrated to this country at such a young age... Like, they had to build their own, like, mm. individual, like, amalgamation of culture, which okay. is, like, a little bit of, like, weird American, like, string cheese. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then, like, whatever they bring. So, like, sometimes I'm like, I wasn't necessarily raised Peruvian. I was just raised this weird, like, idiosyncratic mix that yeah. my mom had. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It. Honestly, I have no idea where this is just, this is not even like a cultural thing, I guess. This is just like it's a just weird, a your dad thing. It's my dad thing. <laughs> That's awesome. I guess a cultural thing could be like how... Oh, yeah. Uh, there's, there are uh, improv classes happening in this studio, guys. Sorry. I hate it. <laughs> but it's happening. <laughs> um, he's sometimes like another big cultural thing. I don't know if you... I haven't heard it as much in another I I don't know if you guys talk about it too much in other podcasts but music is definitely a big thing Not for, we haven't talked about music that much so he it's not necessarily Ecuadorian bands with him but mm-hmm. it's just like music that is in Spanish and he's yeah. super into the band Inti Ilamani. oh I don't know um, which is where are they from they are from they are from somewhere around spell the Andes spell it spell it I-N-T-I uh-huh. space I L L. There you go. Autocorrected. Uh, they're a super. Oh, they're Quechua. Yeah. Well, they yeah, speak. They, they're, an they indigenous, they're indigenous of, people. They do a mix of uh, singing in Spanish and Quechua. Oh, that's amazing. Their origin from Chile. Yeah. So he loves. That's like a what? 60s band, like 60s yeah. protest band. Uh, like there's pan flutes and everything. Hell is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gotta love a pan flute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> pan flutes. And it's it's great. I mean, like every family party on my dad's side, like has definitely had my dad's family like dancing to into Ilamani at some point, or yeah. uh, this one Sailor Cruz song. It's the name of her. Dum, Love you, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, because we did play that in the background. Yes, yes, yes. We did shoot one time where I think you played that song over and over again about five thousand times. Not that I don't love Celia Cruz, but like holy shit. Love you, the Esmond Carnival. Yeah. Yeah, so this was a band that, like, I had always heard growing up, mm-hmm. and it's, like, his favorite So band. music was, like, super present. hmm Yeah, and, uh, and for my mom, too, but, like, her yeah. music isn't, she's not, she never showed me, like, oh, this is music from, like, Naples. Her music is, like, this right. is mid-60s, is like, rock and roll. Here is Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. <laughs> and that's super formative, formulative, but, like, I know all these random bands, like, Inti Ilamani, like, I've seen them multiple times. Nice. And they had a riff in the 90s where, like, they split up, so there's the historic into Ilamani and, like, and the, the new... like, weird new version. Yeah. For, um, for us, it was the Gypsy Kings. Yeah. The Gypsy Kings were in heavy rotation all the time. Yeah, I know that was a... That was an, another big one. Yeah. My dad's new obsession is Ilapu. Ilapu. I oh, think it's I I-L-L-A-P-U. I don't know that A-P-U. Ilapu. Yeah. They're also kind of uh, similar instruments. Sometimes... <laughs> <laughs> this just gave me Apu from the Simpsons. Yeah, all in word. Oh, I all in word. Okay, all right. All let's right. See, let's we see, got see. it. There you go, yeah. Apu, another We're... Chilean band. Oh, yeah, he's, he's into the Chilean bands. Oh, look at that. This band, there's this one song where a man is just, like, going ham on a whistle. <laughs> and it's great. 
Oh my god! Sometimes Spanish music. I love my like. I, I love my Latino culture, but yeah. sometimes I listen to Spanish music and I'm just like, this is some crazy shit <laughs> for like forty minutes. It's 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 definitely like a lot of this is also so political and it's so heavy. Mm. And like I, my Spanish isn't great, but you can yeah. still. Oh yeah. So did you grow up speaking Spanish at all? I apparently used to know it much better when I was younger. And yeah, that's just, kind of like, how I was, too. Like, I, my knowledge of Spanish essentially just comes from school. Yeah. And, and it's not great. Uh, my dad, his excuse is always... Because, like, my cousins are... Speaks, my cousins speak Spanish, mm-hmm. and um, my grandma can only speak Spanish. So my dad's excuse is growing up, we didn't want to learn. He always says that, but like he's telling, he's talking about like a two-year-old me. Yeah. He's like, oh, you didn't want to learn, but of course, like I'm two, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna want to do anything. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's. Have you ever tried to learn? Yeah, I mean, in school and stuff. I'm not great at like I don't do a lingo every day. Mm. Like some people might. <laughs> <laughs> I did do that for a little while mm-hmm. just because I wanted to practice. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to stay disciplined with that shit. Man. It really is. And I have like I have hella. I just said hella. Like I'm from Cali. Oh yeah. Like I <laughs> hell yeah. Shout out what Westchester. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I'm from there. Uh, uh, fuck. What was to I New York to be you boys. Oh my god. In the studio. I hate you so much. <laughs> uh, okay, I forgot what I was gonna say. But uh, okay, so when are who's exposing you? Because you're a filmmaker. So mm-hmm. is anybody exposing you to movies, or is that something you sort of discovered on your own in school yeah my parents did not were not and still aren't really heavy movie watchers uh-huh. so I mean we'd watch movies <laughs> but sure. um, but like your like passion for them where does that come from I think it just came out of I mean we were all like raised in this era of like yeah. just constant media so mm-hmm. I feel like just like growing up like I, I, I think I came to movies via TV uh-huh. So and via comedy TV and and like I growing up and watching like The Simpsons was definitely a big one and mm-hmm. um, then like I feel like in middle school there was that bombardment of like The Office and Arrested Development totally. and all these shows and my brother was super into them and yeah. like Flight of the Concords and all those guys kind of made me interested in comedy storytelling nice. and then I got super into like I mean I've always loved movies like I, but there wasn't. It wasn't, like, the type of story where, like, I grew up and I'm like, oh, man. It's not like Spielberg who, like, made war movies in his backyard like, <laughs> yeah. at, like, age yeah. 11. But I would always, like, tinker with cameras and stuff and, like... Did you ever... When did you start... When did you make your first movie or video? I, I made some really bad stuff when I was, like, in elementary school. Yeah, like, haven't uh, we all? Haven't we all? I mean, yeah, like, the I, it, it would be weird if I said, like, yeah, I made some groundbreaking movies in elementary school. I know people who would say shit like that. It, uh, they were stop motion, and they had Legos. You made stop motion movies? Just, like, I shot a picture with a digital camera of a Lego. Sure. Move the Lego, and take, so... I mean, that is stop motion. Yeah. They were, I, I did, like, one, I recreated that, like, Indiana Jones, like, running away from the, the ball. That's amazing. Um... And then I went to, like, a couple uh, film camp stuff, like, summer camp stuff, and made some oh, movies cool. there. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, so your parents were super into you making movies, because they're sending you to camps and stuff. Yeah, they're, they're, they're down with it. Um, I think my dad is definitely more nervous about the career <laughs> than my mom of is. Of course the Ecuadorian one is. Yeah. And especially, like, once again, we talked about when you look at your parents' age and, like, what they did by the age I am. Oh, my God. That's just, my anxiety ever. Yeah. So, I like, my dad came Why to the U.S. I'm 25. Why haven't I built an entire life already? Yeah. So, so my dad came to the U.S. and, like, took all these jobs and, like... 
it's been constantly working and like you know raise the family and all that and all that jazz and it makes sense to me that he's like why don't you just he doesn't say this, but like he, I'm sure like he thinks of it. I'm sure like he's concerned. Like he rather probably just have like oh like a, a r- job. regular job, and like <laughs> yeah. security and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know why my mom is so chill with it because she was like the first in her family. Her and her sister were the first to go to college and stuff. Hmm. And I, I don't know why she's not like oh Lucian, you should also have a super secure study thing. When you so did you apply? Did you apply to BU knowing you wanted to do film, or did you come to that later? I did apply as a filmmaker, okay. as a film major. So they they were cool with you applying as a film major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm remembering just I don't know if this is bringing that conversation too far back, but going back to that music thing. Sure. Uh, whenever my dad goes to my dad gets his like the car serviced in like Queens generally, uh-huh. he'll go to like or like. Or, like, Inwood or something. Like, he'll just, like... That's where I live. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he loves, like... Whenever he goes out, he loves, like, coming back with, like, just cheap DVDs of Spanish-language music videos. Um, <laughs> like the bootlegs? Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so he'll play them and... Talk, like, so I was telling you about these, like, these are more, like, folkloric bands that my dad was super into, but there's also these, like... Super of the times, mid sixties, early seventies, Spanish bands trying to sound like super, just like of the moment, okay. and um, those music videos are some of like the funniest things I've seen. Like That's it's amazing. There's this one super like dramatic man in a deep, deep low voice, and he's like t- he's basically talk singing to the camera for like three minutes, and he's like, "Tamo, tamo mucho," and it's it's. <laughs> I, it's, he's, it's so gravelly, and I, I gotta send it to you at some point. I love it. I'll watch all yeah. of those. I used to, whenever I went down to Lima, they would sell. I remember. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I unfortunately was obsessed with Lost while I was on. I mean, everyone, the, the Lost was a show of, of the nation. Yeah. Of the uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, I was weirdly into it for a period of my life. So I remember going to Lima, and my aunt Chichi just goes like, "You like Lost, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then she comes back the next day with a bag full of like bootleg DVDs of Lost yes. in Spanish, and she's like, "You're gonna watch your show in Spanish." Yeah. And they, I, I'll never forget. It. They, I might still have them in my mom's apartment somewhere, but they didn't come in cases. They just came in like plastic bags, like zip, like Ziploc bags. It was wow. It was really great. It was really great. I have a similar experience. I I've, I've went in, in Quito. There's this mall. I forget uh-huh. the name, and it's just like a spiral. It spirals up, and it's just floors and floors of counterfeit stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I remember going and just like going ham on the DVDs and mm-hmm. the CDs, and yeah, they're all handwritten. Like yeah. they make their own covers. Oh, I feel like we were pretty similar yeah. kids. That's really funny. Uh, I remember. Yeah, that was great. Uh, How re- many times have you gone to Ecuador? Three or four times. So it's sort of like a every once in a while. Trip. Yeah. It definitely... My dad actually hadn't been back in like 30 years. Whoa. Until last, like two Christmases ago we went oh back. Oh my God. So he... Like he went when my brother was like super young and then just like did not go back. Wow. So that was interesting to see. To see him experience that I'm sure. Yeah. It was weird. Especially because when he left Quito, like it, it's in the middle of a... It's the word a valley within like volcanoes. So like the city's in the middle of that, and since he's left and come back, it, like the city had like spread and sprawled 
up the mountains, and uh, he had never seen that before. Whoa. So that was interesting. Yeah, that sounds like a trip. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. How did you feel when you were in Ecuador? Did you feel like, whoa, I'm an outsider? Feel tall. Feel tall. Very tall when I'm there. For sure. I Uh, imagine you feel tall all the time. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Not when I hang out with my uh, NBA friends, though. That's right. I forgot you have all those NBA player friends. I'm really close with, like, the Knicks and the Nets. Yeah, I've been been more getting in with the hockey crowd, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm angling to be the world's first Latino hockey player. Uh, yeah, I mean, going, going to Ecuador, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't feel like 100% Ecuador. And I'm, like, I don't know, the, I don't speak of course, super yeah, fluently. Yeah. But do you but, feel like any connection to yeah, it when you were there? Yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, I mean, like, Quito's, it's nice, it's fine, I like it. I, it's not like my favorite city I've ever seen in the world, but it's, it's like when you go there, you do feel that connection. It's like, oh, this is where like my dad grew up, or that's like a high school he went to. And, and it's yeah. interesting to, it's just so different than what I'm used to. I mean, all cities are kind of the same, but it's, yeah, it's, yeah, you yeah. know, it's, it's not 100% what I'm used to. The coolest thing for me is like the family there. So we have, my dad has like a ton, ton of cousins still there. Yeah. And the way they embrace us and embrace me is really interesting and, like, take care of you and care for me. Like, when we went, there's this little town called, uh, I think it's called Saki Sili, mm-hmm. and they have a market, and uh, that's where my grandma's from, my okay. dad's mom. And we still have cousins there, and we went there, and we had this, like, huge feast. Like, we had pork and we had like guinea pig and like wow all these vegetables and stuff and then at the end of the meal they take us outside and like there's all the guinea pigs that like <laughs> did, oh. we did not eat and oh. there's like all these potatoes and stuff and it's like they put in so much effort to literally grow and like you yeah. know and prepare this meal just because like we're visiting and it's like so it was like a big event for them. yeah and that's awesome like that's yeah. like just the fact that they're like willing to like go that far just to like say hey to like cousins they were like second cousins that yeah, they that barely is super see cool i think that's like the coolest thing yeah 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 i love that feeling of kind of because i always feel like a complete outsider every mm-hmm. time i go there but any like one moment of like oh i kind of belong here is like a beautiful feeling yeah 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 i remember uh i was watching the world cup and ecuador was in it and um i was like oh like everyone has my hair yeah, like every <laughs> uh, that was that that made me feel like a balloon. Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, wait, okay, so talk to me a little bit about uh, BU. Yeah. So, is there any? Are you sort of gravitating? I'm assuming you're hanging out with mostly like other people that want to make stuff, like other creative people. But do you? Are, is there any like? <laughs> I don't. Hey man, I don't yeah, know why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, is there any? Is your like? Uh, cultural mix like coming more into play uh than it did before or is it still like i'm kind of finding myself in my voice i find one thing that is i think is different about who i hang out with than like any other person i, I feel like everyone's like oh yeah i do not remember anyone from like middle school or high school <laughs> but like i like the people i see the most are like people i went because by middle school i went to a school that was k through 12 and okay. I, I went there from fifth grade through 12th grade. So I joined like a little bit later. Most of my friends who I see are people I, like friends from then, then like my like Got close it. friends yeah, and yeah. like people I see like every weekend are those people. Well, I mean, of, of course is, you grew up here and you yeah. care after school. But I was listening to this 
podcast and everyone's like, ah, oh, I don't know anyone. Like, I can't even remember people's names. And I'm like, oh, wow, I probably see, like, <laughs> maybe, like, that's, that's when I feel, like, super provincial in some way where I'm like, oh, I've just lived in the same neighborhood and hang out with the same people. Is there, a little, is there a little bit of an edge to, like, go and see the world a little bit? Yeah, but I do like the I do I do like I do like New York. There's definitely I would love to see the world more for sure. Um, uh, if anyone wants to send me around, I'll uh, I'll go with them. But um, I mean, so that's like the I just feel like similar friends I've had forever sure. are, are, are are the people I hang out with. But I do still also hang out with a ton of college people or a ton of. Um, Creative people? I don't know. Creative yeah. filmmaker people types. Totally. I mean, um, I do the same thing. I yeah. gravitate towards other creative people. Yeah. Uh, and it's weird because, like, my high school friends, no one does this. Mm-hmm. No one is a filmmaker or, like, yeah. a creative. I mean, they might be creative in their own ways, but no one is, like, pursuing a creative career in the same way. So that's always real interesting, I think, to go from, like, hanging out with, like, like you know, I'm hanging out with you right now. We're right. We're, we're recording a podcast, yeah. right? Uh, and there's like an improv class. So like, like meeting up with your friend from high school who like works in an office. Yeah, like like a bunch of my friends are not a bunch. Like two of my friends are like consultants, and I have no idea what that means. Yeah, I don't know what I'm that like, means either. Like who who are they consulting about what? Like like what are you what? Yeah. what? Who wants like their advice too? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Um, but so talk to me a little bit about um, the stuff you've been doing since leaving college because yeah. like you've been done stuff for Mas Mejor and like mm-hmm. a couple I've done jobs with you that mm-hmm. have been like very geared towards the Latin community like how did how did that stuff come <laughs> why are you laughing at me I know I, just, uh, I know what you mean like it's, how does that stuff come about so I just so okay let's College, I graduated, yes. and yes, yes, um, yes. I did not want to go to L.A., because I figured if I went to L.A., I would have to pursue that path of, like, being an assistant and mm. working my way up through the system, Yes, and I felt I like I'm not... did the same thing and wanted to die the entire yeah, time I was there. Not a good assistant. I'm not... No. Uh, I did not want to do that, and obviously, living in New York would be cheaper for me, because I could live at home for a little bit, and um, I knew things. I, like, know the city, and... Mm-hmm. and so I love the city, so I, I wanted to stay here. Um, so then, so Michaela, who uh, I co-write, co-direct with. Yeah, introduce like, her, because I know her. They yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, loose Seal Productions, you know, like a seal on the loose. You should all know that Lucia just did an insane body movement while saying <laughs> Yeah. So Loose Seal Productions is your production company. Yes, and uh, so we co-write, co-direct a ton, and then occasionally like, we'll do stuff separate, but like a lot of our work is together. Right. So we talked about, like right after college, we, we wanted to do more sketches, and comedy sketches and film comedy sketches because at that stage we did not want to try to like make a feature or anything. Uh, I was like, I'm, nine, how, how old are you when you graduate? Like 20, 20, 22, 23? Something like that, yeah. Like, I'm not, like, well, how am I going to make a feature at this age? Like, I don't know anything about like putting together yeah, or something that Nor long. do I have $500,000. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I, what I, we both like comedy and, and, what I really admire and thought was cool about making sketches is that you can explore different genres and, like, have more practice. 
basically, yeah. and fail more. Because <laughs> like yeah. every every time you're putting something together, it's a new sketch and it's a right. new shoot. There's new people. There's new elements. There's new locations. There's new art design. And it's like, oh, okay, seeing what you're good at and seeing what you yeah. like to do and what areas you like and to work. I will with. say, you're saying like fail a lot and make less mistakes and like be really bad. <laughs> but I was in the same <laughs> film. I went to film school with Lucian and Michaela. They were the best ones by far. I was a terrible <laughs> film student. I was a horrible film student. I always wanted to be an actor, wow. but I was like, had an immigrant parent, and I was like, I can't go to school for acting. That's crazy. It's better to be a director yeah. than an actor. So I went and I tried to make these movies, and they were just so horrifically bad. But I had the pleasure of like PAing on sets for you and PAing on sets for Michaela and like actually learning some shit. I will say that uh, Adrian is 100% correct. Yes. We were the best and Adrian's film work is just in my, garbage. I mean, really. in my estimation, like in, from <laughs> from my perspective in that program, you guys were the best. That is so funny because that like Okay, let's be serious for a second. Sure. Literally, no one thought that. Like, I, mean, I, I remember liking your movies. I, I like no one thought like your work was bad or like no one, I, I'm very, just, I'm a very harsh critic of it, myself. It's, I just like knew pretty early on that like being a director, mm-hmm. like a filmmaker, was like not my wheelhouse. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I mean I did not know that when I was in school with you. And, yeah, and. So it was interesting when you graduated and you were doing more acting, and yeah. you're, I think you're a good actor, and we like obviously working with you. Thanks, baby. Um, but that was interesting to see that, like, oh, I had no idea that you were even pursuing that necessarily in yeah. college. That's kind of always been that's kind of always been my thing. It was yeah. like always my undercover yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought everyone, you know, it's college movies, but I, I was like super impressed with a bunch of the people like that. For sure. That yeah. like we For sure. this is getting super in the weeds, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but like. Whatever. Everyone, I, everyone was talented, and I was impressed yeah. with everybody. Anyway, so um, back to so you're so you're out of college. That was such a out. that was a navel gazing five minutes of this podcast. Yeah, it's it, shout out Charles Mersbacher, shout out oh Jan Eagleson, shout out uh, Mary Jane Doherty, our three uh, thing, production those, professors. Those those people probably remember you and Michaela. Ain't nobody of those people remember me. Uh, everyone, I feel like remembers Max Bailey. Shout oh, sure. I remember Max Bailin. Ma- <laughs> Shout out Max Bailin. Shout out Max Bailin. I think he liked one or two of my Facebook statuses about nice. this show. Nice. What's um, up, Max? Uh, <laughs> BU.edu slash oh College of I hate this so much. I hate this so much. Okay. So, uh, so Lucille Productions, yes. you're working with Michaela. You decide, mm-hmm. like, we want to make some sketch content. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, and that's sort of where we left off before we did yeah. all that bullshit we just did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we could totally chop that out. I feel like that. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I do uh, almost no editing on Play that. I know. Play that on like triple speed. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, we were making co- we were making uh, comedy videos mm-hmm. and making sketch videos, and eventually, we had like an opportunity to do it for other companies, which was great. Like the first ever paid job writing and directing something was for this elite daily web series called The Quarter Life Couple, mm-hmm. which we did, um, and then right at the same time, we started doing videos for Mas Mahor. Which was awesome and cool, and that was just like like the first ever shoot we did was this like three shoots in Spanish in one day, mm. and they had Arturo Castro who's like from Broad City and Narcos and and whatnot, and that was super cool because like you know what was it like directing in Spanish? I did a lot of prep, like I I um, you know like I, I could understand, but I obviously want to like I can understand a little bit, but I, I like yeah. not. Enough to like, I wasn't directing in Spanish, I was directing in English, right? But, but I mean, um, directing Spanish dialogue, yeah. So, what I did is I took the script and I uh 
in the margins, rewrote everything in English, mm-hmm. and then like typed it back up. And on the shoot day, like you've done enough analysis and like read over the script and made enough notes to know. I mean, you know what he's saying. You know what you want to stress and what you want to hit. Right. Um, it wasn't. It honestly wasn't that difficult. <laughs> like, it, it, if you put in like the what I mean is like if you put in the the work and right. beforehand, it wasn't like on the day it was like, oh my god, it doesn't need to yeah. be this like intimidating animal. Or yeah, anything. yeah, yeah. And I mean, we we we've done other stuff that has Spanish in it at times. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, you were in one of those. I, so I'm well aware. I'm trying not to just be like, oh, I've been in some yeah. of these things, but uh, yeah, yeah. And that was just cool. That was like a cool moment. It's cool when you have like moments that you're. I, I saw. I mean, your grandma was in one of the sketches. Uh, great or no, you're a great aunt. Yeah, it's great. Was in one of the sketches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was interesting. Uh, we sh- we shot a sketch at her house, and uh, she was great in it. Like she she was hilarious. She like hosted us, and she was like, yeah, it was it was it was super weird. It's like it, one of the weird things I think about making comedy videos is like, because my family's from the city, I shoot sketches at like my aunt's house or my right. great aunt's house or my house, and it's super weird to like just have this group of like. <laughs> People in their like mid twenties just like hanging out at places you like. I've had so many Easter's here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember we were on set once. You have and, a bunch of weird comedians walking through uh, your yeah. childhood. Yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> it's, it's it's wild. And like I think like my cousins my have been in sketches. Like everyone's everyone's been in sketches. So it's mm. it's weird in that sense. Um, well, hey, that's your way of bringing your culture into your work. That's true. Which that's is true. what this podcast is about. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> what did what 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 else did you want to know? What we're talking about, like uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So we're, making, we're, oh, we've kind of been working chronologically. Yeah. Um, but you you've moved a little bit into not necessarily features, but like more longer form stuff, right? You had that short that was going around at Latino festivals. Yeah. Yeah, the Latino festival uh, scene. Um, yeah, so we were doing comedy videos, and we're still doing comedy videos and sketches, and mm-hmm. uh, just you know, as as people listening to this probably like have known, like a lot of that market has like disappeared. Like, yeah, companies don't really put as much money into things, digital things content. Are really changing, yeah. So that was kind of, like, I felt like Mikhail and I hit that, like, last wave of digital content. Like, in 2016, we made, like, like 20-something videos for these various companies. And yeah. they were like, oh, man, this is great. Like, this is going to be our career. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it just, like, all disappeared. And we're like, oh, my God, what do we do? Yeah. So we, we took this job making, like, a short film uh, that we wrote and directed. And it's more of a dramedy. And that was called Fly, Lady, Fly. Um, and that's with Chris Garcia and this... At the time, I guess she's now probably like 16, but mm-hmm. at the time she's 14, Sarah Lynn. She's mm-hmm. super talented and like literally the most professional person we've worked with. <laughs> she's like, and you've worked with some really yeah. professional people. She, she was very prepared and, you know, takes, takes it uh, seriously. Um, so, I mean, we've done short films and we did a short film with you. I don't know if we can talk about it. I don't know. But it's that's like a YouTube, I don't know shit about it. Yeah, I guess. But we did short film with you. That's yeah. those weird absurdist, and that's more in her yeah. voice. I'd say I can't wait to see. Yeah, that, that thing is weird. That it is weird. weird. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it eventually. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's yeah. good. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, yeah. great. Okay. Uh, cool, cool, cool. In this podcast or in this short film, Adrian is our main character, and he um, 
has a has a breakdown, mm-hmm. and his friends come together and console him, and it's very sweet. It's a story of friendship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Friendship. We we shot until four in the morning on a at a bus stop in Washington Heights. Yeah, that was a <laughs> that was a long one. Yeah, it was good times. It was good. Yeah, time. I, I, um, yeah. So I think what we've been trying to do more than anything lately is try to get better at doing long form stuff. Got it. it is, just is the hope to branch out because I know you guys have talked like sort of in vague terms about branching out into TV is the hope to get into that. Yeah. So we have one show that we're trying to shop around mm-hmm. um, and I want to just be better at writing more too. Because yeah. like a, Me too. so much of what I've written has been like short stuff mm-hmm. that uh, like short five minute stuff and whatnot that I've done a lot of writing but I haven't felt like I've done as much long form writing as I've wanted to. Like I've written I've wrote like a like I'm trying to, you know, everyone wants to have like a new pilot and stuff, but it's like that's, trying to that's trying what to. I want. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just trying to make sure that you, like, so right now we're shopping around this one show, um, and it's pretty casual so far. Like it's like a pretty slow process, and mm-hmm. you know, just like patiently waiting as people are like hear about it and read it and like yeah, want to yeah. work with you or not. Or not. But I think you're saying it. You're saying it like it's unremarkable. But I know for a fact a lot of the people who listen to the show like are not creative people. So when they hear someone be like, "I've yeah. been making sketches for years," and then I sort of started transitioning to short films, yeah. and now I'm shopping around a TV show, a lot of people will be like, "Whoa, that's really cool." Yeah, I mean, I just feel like I, I'm sure you. I mean, every artist feels this way. Or like, yes. ah, what am I doing? I'm not doing anything. Yeah, you're oh, just in bed. You're like, oh crap! Like what? Why? Like. You're describing my constant mental yeah. state. My constant mental state. Yeah, it, it's it's just like, or when you take, you probably feel this too, you take jobs for money, mm-hmm. and then you take jobs for the creative reasons behind it, or you yes. do it, and then sometimes you do too much of one, and then you're like, oh, fuck, I need to go back to do that yeah. other thing, and then you And then you go way too far in that yeah. other direction, you're like, I have no money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I guess bringing it back to La Mezcla, uh, I'm very... Uh, one thing I really want to do with this next pilot that I'm currently writing is like make sure it's a story that is more reflective of like I want to make a, something that is like a lot more about my experience and like oh, yeah. about like my dad's experience and like what that means growing up in like a super white like rich Upper West Side yeah uh, story so that's something that like I've I never really thought about before like most of my like if you look at most of my writing. It's probably just like, oh, I'd like default white dude, like, yeah. to get in I hijinks. Think, I think I'm, and, like, literally the exact... I think we're on sort yeah. of parallel journeys. Like, yeah. I, I did well, really, BU 2014. Hashtag BU 2014. Hashtag <laughs> La Mezcla. Uh, <laughs> I never, Please use those hashtags when you... I, I never use the word hashtag more than I'm around you, Lucian. Oh, <laughs> I don't man. know why that is. I'm I hashtag don't, touch. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. But uh, oh, I, like, up until this year, like, none of my creative output even, like halfway acknowledged like the Peruvian side yeah. of me or like the whole yeah. like culture so that this show this podcast was sort of the first step in trying to change that Yeah, and I just shot this short a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. that was yeah, like, which looks great by the way yeah, I thanks. saw some stills from that thanks maybe I'll send you some more yeah oh, uh, uh, but uh, that that story is about like it's like this weird sci-fi thing where there are these mm-hmm. two parallel universes and in one universe this character grew up learning to speak Spanish and in one mm-hmm. universe he didn't uh, oh, really so I was, I'm trying to like figure out ways to play with yeah. like play with stuff that feels like it uniquely comes from me you know? yeah that's it's, it's people want to know what like your experience is yeah because otherwise we're just making generic white guy stuff yeah yeah which like can be great but like it's it, like sure. it just it's not what I necessarily feel like is 100% reflective 
yeah. of who we are and, and what yeah. our voice is. That's why we're, Adrian and I are announcing today that we are co-writing our Latino <laughs> hockey trilogy. Yes, that's right. And John Leguizamo is going to be in it. I'm calling our shot right now. I'm calling yes. our shot right now. Um, now that we said it in public, we have to be accountable for it. Though. Yes. Shit. we got to get writing. <laughs> All right. Um, yes. So, yeah, I think it's important. I think it's something that I'll try to be better at. You know, just writing, like... Yeah, just writing more of, like, my... I think it's, like, my aunt once asked me, she's like, hey, like, you make all these sketches or, like, whatever. Have you thought about doing something that's more, like, about, like, your upbringing or your uh, family or, like... Your aunt said that? Yeah. And, I mean, I've done sketches, like, with my great aunt in it or, like, something, et cetera. But, like, not everything's going to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's a little bit, I think it's kind of a sign of like, it's so douchey to say, but it's kind of a sign of growing up a little bit as an artist of like, okay, I mean, at least for me, like starting out in like the improv and comedy scene, I, f- I felt for a while like, I'm just trying to do everything that everybody else is doing because yeah. that makes me feel like I'm part of the scene, mm-hmm. so to speak. But I haven't really ever felt like, oh, here's my unique thing to bring to the table. Yeah. So I feel like this kind of thing is like figuring out what is your unique thing to bring to the table. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot too. It's, it's, that's another thing that I think will give artists anxiety. Yeah. It's like, what do I bring that? Yeah, why do I matter? Yeah. Why like, should anyone give a shit about yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh man, I think I forgot. Oh yeah, one thing that I think I really liked about Mouse Mahor though when we were making videos for them yeah. is that like, we would make some videos that were about Latino subject matter. Or not, just, like, things that were true to my Latino upbringing. Or, like, my, like, I guess, La Mezcla background, like, mixed background <laughs> hashtag. Um, so, I like that because that was, like, it, like it, it was truthful to me. It didn't feel like we were making, because sometimes you'll see companies make videos and it's, like, Latinos tell us about like tacos yeah. and it's like what oh. is this video yeah. or like every video is about like the grandma comes at you with like a slipper or whatever I'm like I've never oh, had a chunk yeah. yeah but it's like the falsest thing to me I mean my abuela would smack me upside the head <laughs> but she never threw her shoes at me yeah and I'm just like I'm just tired of seeing just videos where like all these shoes are flying yeah so I, too I, many shoes flying yeah. everyone too many so I do think it's it's keeping in that like authentic experience. Yeah, I mean those Masmakot shoots that I was lucky enough to do with you guys like felt so great for me. Of like I'm just not, I'm not just like yes I'm doing like oh it's cool it's a sketch it's like mm-hmm. being it's well made it's like for the school company but like just the fact that it was like Latino subject matter that wasn't condescending yeah or, or like wasn't clearly written by a white person you know yeah. what I mean yeah I, I like that about it too yeah. I, I I like a lot of those like. This is a good time. I just, I just <laughs> turned and talked into the mic that is not. Yeah, on. we're just talking into a microphone that is that we're not using. <laughs> oh man, it's true. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. We're kind of. Oh shit. We're winding down on time. Is there anything we haven't talked about that you yeah. want to talk about that you were practicing mm-hmm. in your head? Hundred percent. Okay. Hundred percent. Two things. One is that we have to get to the list of Latino hockey players. Oh, I forgot. Yes. I forgot. Um, so we'll do that. Okay. But. While I get that up, I will say, well, how, when do you think this is coming out? Uh, probably next week if I keep all my shit together. All right. So, people listening, make sure you uh, plug. go to vote.org and uh, make okay. sure you're registered to vote. Make sure that you your registration is up to date and go vote. If you're not around on November 6th, you know, get an absentee ballot. Just do it. It's cool. It's sexy. You look 
Great doing it. Everyone will thank you. Have a nice radiant smile afterwards. Just just vote. It's important, and we're millennials, and we don't like to vote for some reason, and that's stupid in my mind. I yeah. So I'm behind that 100. percent Also, if you follow Lucian on Instagram, you'll see lots of great um, register to vote content. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. okay. I don't I don't know if so anyone now, loves it yet. So now we're on to uh, the list of Latino hockey players yeah. that Lucian has compiled. So, this is my list of Latino hockey players, and I will just go in a random order. But I will want to start with another BU grad. What? Someone who literally was at college with me and Adrian. What? Matt Nieto. Oh. Latino whoa. hockey player. There Never you go. Alec Martinez. Wait, can I ask while you go down this, yes. is this list in the double digits? The fact it's almost there. <laughs> it's at nine. <laughs> oh my god! This is why we need to write a show yes. about Latino hockey players. More current than not current. Just, okay, I mean, so we have like Matt, recent. Matt, Matt Nieto, okay, Latino hockey player number one. Max Pacioretty, who is uh, pretty good. All right. Uh, I think he was the captain of the Canadians at some point. I don't think the fun thing about this is I know nothing. Yeah, about hockey. I realize this is. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna go fast now. Rafael Diaz, mm. Alec Martinez, yes, Al Montoya. Woo! Bill Guerin, so no. <laughs> Rafi Torres. Ooh, Rafi. And leaving the last two, the best two. So the, the second to last one is Austin Matthews, okay. who's legitimately one of the best players in the NHL right now. Whoa. And he's like 22, and he's Latino. So he's from Arizona. Ah, so there, there you is. go. You have his mom is from Mexico. Gotta love a Latino with yeah. a white name. As a Latino with a white name, yes, I, yes. I, I sanction it. And then my favorite Latino hockey player who is on my favorite team growing up is Scott Gomez. Ooh, Scott yeah, Gomez. From Alaska with uh, Mexican parents. Yo. What's in, up? In the pilot, uh-huh. Scott Gomez is like the old grizzled veteran yes. who coaches 100%. this newbie. So what's his name? Scott Gomez. Scott Gomez, played by John Leguizamo. Yep. Um, excuse it, attention to all of John Leguizamo's agents. All of them. The, uh, every single army. This is like the, the role of a lifetime. Yes. So that's my list of nine Latino hockey players. Um, don't know why it had to happen, but I feel like it was important to get out there that People say that, that NHL... We, we play hockey, too. Yes, yes. I've gone skating in Ecuador, and it was the most disorganized <laughs> ice rink I've ever been to in my life, but it was awesome. So That's amazing. No Ecuadorian heritage as hockey players. It wasn't me, unfortunately. I think mm-hmm. I'm getting too old. I have to admit that I'm not going to make the NHL. That's fair. But you can make a show about it. Yeah, just... I know my dad growing up was like... Scott Gomez is his his boy too, you know. So Lucian is still talking into a microphone that is non-functional. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize it was. Um, Scott Gomez is his boy, and I feel like you know, just come on, Latino Latino hockey players out there, you can do it. Let's get. There's it. been nine of you. We need ten, at least ten. Yeah, we need double digits, people. Then once we get ten, I feel like we're gonna exponentially increase that. Hell yeah, we're Hell taking yeah. over the country. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's that's a good thing. Um, everyone go to loosesealproductions.com. Oh, yeah, actually, but for real, <laughs> like, plug whatever you want to plug. Um, all right, so I want to plug the idea of Latino hockey players mm-hmm. uh, becoming good. I want to plug the idea of voting. But then also I want to plug loosesealproductions.com. You can hire me and Michaela. You can give us money. We'll make stuff for you. All right. Um I'm on Twitter, but it's not good. I think my 
My, it's like at NYC Lucian. I don't even know. I'm on Twitter, but it's not good. I'm not it's good at Twitter. Oh, so funny. Uh, but you can look up Lucille Productions on Instagram or me on Instagram, but Lucille Productions is more exciting. My Instagram is also bad. I'm not good at social media, really. This is not how you're supposed to do plugs. Oh. Could you plug me then? Okay, sure. Okay. You, yo, LucilleProductions.com. This mm-hmm. is a high end and relatively low budget production company Boom. that you want to hire for all of your content needs. Yep. Be it web content, mm-hmm. be it TV content, That's right. be it like a dope ass indie feature. Yep. You want to go to at Lucian Flores? On what platform? Instagram? Yes. It's just at Lucian Flores on Instagram for some really, really dope, like, BTS shots of him on set. BTS. And then also some Insta stories telling you how to register to vote. Do it. And his Twitter is pretty bad. You shouldn't go there. Yeah, it's bad. All right, that, that was good. <laughs> I think this is a great episode, and I think your followers will be happy to get the inside scoop. I think people are going to love it. Yeah. I think people are going to love it. Hey, guys, for all of our Patreon followers and listeners, you can go... And here our 20-minute spiel about Boston University Film School. Yeah. Our bonus episode content that could not make it in this episode because uh-huh. it was That's too right. in the weeds. That's right, yeah, where we talk about Jan Eagleson's class for an entire half an hour. Yeah. Please do that. Follow Adrian on Patreon. I do need to make one of those. Yeah, you get your bonus clips there. Yeah, I should do that. Cool. Wanna wanna play some Inti Ilamani and uh <laughs> Yeah, actually, I do want to do that. Let's do it. Let's. Do you have a Do you have a song? Uh, let, I I could find one. Oh, I could find one. Oh man, how? Here we go. Wow, there's there's like albums upon albums. Ooh, I'll, how about Alturas? Do Yamor. What is it? Yamor. Yamor. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> oh, my God, this is the best. Você tem que entender que eu só posso vivê-la se eu tiver com você. Come with me. And that's it for this week's episode of La Mescla. Thank you so much to Lucian for coming in. Uh, Please go check out all his stuff uh, at lucilleproductions.com. They direct lots of really, really cool shit. So if you're looking for someone to direct your videos, uh, whether you are a comedian or you are a company with a lot of money and for some reason are listening to this podcast and haven't given me money to continue making this podcast, you should uh, you should hire Lucille to direct your stuff. Uh, thank you to Esther Burke for the visual art. Thank you to Mateo Sounds for the music, uh, and thank you to you, a human being, for continuing to listen to this uh, this little show. Uh, I will hopefully have some cool news about this show soon. Uh, so look out for that. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.